Welcome to the iLeaps Early Careers podcast, where we explore scientific research related to the biosphere and the atmosphere, and share the personal experiences of our early career scientists as they navigate their way through academia. Our podcast today forms part of a series in which we learn more about the scientific research conducted by early career scientists, both in and from the region of Latin America. So um, on today's podcast, I am talking to Dr. Flavia de Souza Mendez, who is a remote sensing and GIS analyst um, at Remote Sensing Solutions based in Germany. So welcome to the iLeap podcast, Flavia. Thank you very much for this invitation. I really appreciate it. And I'm very excited to talk to you. Cool. Thanks for joining us today. So um, as part of our podcast, we always start off our first question is basically, you know, give us a bit of information about what inspired you to become a scientist. Yes, that's actually a very good question. So I think when I discovered what I would like to be, the word scientist was not very clear in my head. So I was about 14 or 15 years old and I was in high school. And I remember that geography was one of my favorite subjects. I really love that. And at this time, my geography teacher uh, asked us to kind of put together a project like a model where you build something, um, explaining the global warming, which was called it in that time. So everything was very new. But I remember um, we did a very nice job, uh, my group and I. And then I think it was a competition. I'm not sure because it was a long time ago, almost 20 years. <laughs> but I remember we were chosen to, to visit the National Institute for Research Space. Um, um, sorry, the National Institute for Space Research, what we call INPI in Brazil. It's a kind of, a, let's say, Brazilian NASA, I would say. And... And I remember when I was there, I saw some satellite models and I saw some printed satellite image. And when I saw that, I just went completely crazy. And I knew that what I wanted to do, to work with the space. And even though I was very young at that moment, around 14, as I said, everything that I did from that moment was very like straightforward to, to this career. Brilliant. So, um... So can you tell us then maybe a little bit more about that journey and maybe where you studied and what skills have been useful um, in your career so far? Yes, sure. So um, after finishing the high school where I discovered what I really wanted to do, um, I really wanted to go to a kind of public university in Brazil. Um, but my parents at the time, they couldn't afford to keep me in, let's say, financially to do my studies in a public university in Brazil. Because public university is usually uh, you don't pay in Brazil. Um, yes, and then I couldn't go since the class were like all day long and I couldn't work. So I couldn't really do the university that I would like to do. And then I had to go to a private university uh, near to my parents' house since I was living with them. So it was much more easier. Um, and then I remember from the first day that I entered the university, I started just to send a lot of emails to the emails addresses that, that contained the at imp.br, which was the institute that I really wanted to work <laughs> when I visited and I saw all this crazy satellite image because that was my dream and I knew that I that I would like to work there and 
actually it worked in the end, what was very good, because after four months uh, of starting my university, I got a scholarship, like um, undergraduate research, I would say, in the radiometry lab, which is kind of the principal uh, basic, let's say, the basic principle of the remote sensing. And with the Dr. Elizabeth Moraes, which was a very, very good supervisor and also a great support for Dr. Egidio Arai, which both of them, they really, they were very, very important for me at that time. And from then on, I did everything that I could to gain all the knowledge in remote sensing. And it was a nice, but of course, hard time because in some periods of my university studies, I worked at INPI from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. And then I studied in the university from 6 p.m. to 11 p.m. So it was like four very tired years, but in the end for me, worth it. Um, because all of this effort, um, because of all this like crazy entire four years, I got a master degree um, uh, position and with a scholarship in one of the best universities in my country. So I think in the end, I was very happy, uh, even though these four years was uh, were, were pretty hard, but I think it's, yeah, it was good in the end. And after I finished that, uh, uh, the, my master, I had another focus that I just create a makeup in my mind when I was in INPI because most of the researchers there, they have done their PhD abroad. And then I just put in my mind, okay, I wanted to do a PhD abroad, but how? Because first of all, I didn't have any financial condition and I didn't speak English at all in that time. So <laughs> I didn't know from where I should start. But I was very lucky because in the middle of my master degrees, there was an opportunity for me to do an exchange program in Canada for almost three months, I remember. And this would be my only chance to finally learn English. And I did it, <laughs> despite making like many basic grammar mistakes until nowadays, I just got it. And yes, and and that was very nice. I think it's it's it was very good for me and, and try to learn English. And then I could, um, after my, this period, I was just um, sending some emails to some universities uh, outside of Brazil. And the, Dr. Poliana Bispo was a great inspiration for me. I, I, I got to know her at INPI. And after contacting, contacting some people, I got a PhD position at the University of Göttingen in Germany and with a scholarship. So I was also very lucky and very happy. And there I did my PhD for four years. Was also a very complex time, just like others, but this time I think was a little bit worse because I was alone without friends or family. And But at this time I also met very important people uh, who were essential to my success and which I could share with them. For example, Louise and Philippa, they were like a, a very, very good support. Without them, I would never have succeeded. <laughs> Yeah, that's really cool. So I think everyone can probably, most, well, most people probably can relate to the tough times that, you know, you've gone through, or like you say, and moving different countries and, and having to learn a new language. Um, so that's really inspiring. And I think really useful for other early career scientists to, to hear that. Um, so can you maybe explain a little bit more, Flavia, about your current role then and, and what you do now? Yes, sure. So nowadays I have 
two main areas of work, let's say. So first, at the Remote Sense Solution, which is uh, one of the German leading companies in Earth observation. So it includes, uh, for example, satellite image processing, thematic mapping, or environmental monitoring. And for example, some of the projects that we have is related to use artificial intelligence to 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 identify deforestations in tropical forests or mapping plastics in the ocean or trying to understand the dynamic of the carbon stocks on the peatlands in Indonesia. So it's very broad. And the second is a research group that I participate and it was created and organized by Dr. Poliana Bispo and the name is RSAT. So it's Remote Sensing Applied to Tropical Environment. It's a, it's a research group which was just started, so it's a, in the initial phase of development. And we are all Brazilians, um, and, and we are working both in industry and in academia. And we are focused on trying and to, to answer, let's say, um, relevant questions related to tropical forest ecosystem using the Earth observation. And yeah, the group, I think, started when I talked to the organizer, Poliana, and the group started due to the concerns with the future of the tropical biomes, right? Especially in mm -hmm. country where political and socioeconomic conflicts are predominant, like in Latin America, for example. I think we have a, a lot of issues around that. And additionally, I also support and try to disseminate the work of women in science, for example, by supporting the ladies of Landsat, which was created by Dr. Kate Fikas. And Ladies of Landsat, it's a Twitter-based organization and that once kind of create a community to support and amplify the voices of women in usually underrepresented groups in remote sensing. And for example, we have a Monday Manuscript, which is a weekly series highlighting uh, like the research impacted uh, in the field of remote sensing, usually published by women. Yes. <laughs> That's really cool. So we'll, we'll put those links then in the sort of introduction uh, part of this podcast so that people can um, maybe look at that uh, as well. Yeah, um, sure. <laughs> yeah. So um, how do you find actually, Flavia, like, so, you know, transitioning from like academia into some more, more of a maybe a sort of industry role? How, how does How does that work? How did you find that? Yes, that's a very interesting question. And I was always questioning myself when I was leaving my PhD. Um, what, I, what I like, right, because I think academia and industry can be very different, but we can also find some comparisons which can kind of aggregate both, right? And I found that in my company because here we, of course, we are a private company, but we are always trying to, to let's say, to... To, to get new technologies, new methodologies. We also publish more than 150 papers, if I'm not wrong, <laughs> I have to check <laughs> that in the website. And so it's a kind of, I think you can find some places or research groups or institutes or company or even universities where you can merge the, let's say the advantage of, of ever each area, right? And I just decided that I, that I, I think uh, I would like to, to try this side also and, and see that 
what I what I could get uh, from from this area, let's say the in the in the cooperation in the private sector, because I think we can merge uh, all the positive sides from university, academia, and and private companies together, and always make a better work. Yeah, that's cool. So um, during your sort of like either your studies or, or work or things like that, could you tell us maybe some of the challenges? I know you've kind of touched on some earlier, but what, what you know, does any challenges stand out that you had and experiences that you had and how, how did you overcome those challenges? Yes, I think it's a very important question, right? Because when we, we see these women, uh, usually me as a woman, I see these great women in their a middle or less stage of career and then say man they are very successful so probably uh, probably they it was hard but yes they are very successful and we usually don't take a look in the challenge because these are the things that really make us resilient right to to go mm -hmm. through all the, the the points so i think my whole life story has been a challenge for me and um, being born into a family with some financial problems and also being raised in an environment of violence when i compare for example to germany and still managing to get where I'm now. For me, it's already a kind of a miracle <laughs> because most of the Brazilians abroad that I know in, in my view, I, I mean, in the, in the environment that I am, they kind of have a financial family structure that help them to achieve their dreams. So they, they kind of have a support uh, to, to, to go to where they are right now. But speaking of Korea, I think my biggest challenge, uh, I could say, were the difficulties um, to learn English and to attend good universities. Because in Brazil, unfortunately, the, the, this, the better universities, like the, the public one, is still mostly until nowadays for the richest people. So I think this was a, one of the biggest challenges. And outside of Brazil, my biggest challenge were um, I think with having to write a proposal for everything that I had to do for my PhD, because I was not part of any lab or research group that could help me. So I had to write grants for fieldwork. I have to write grants if I want to go to Congress. I had to write grants if I want to do a summer school. So I think this was a, a big challenge. I think also the culture shock for the people who went abroad. And also mental health issues, right? Because that's something that people don't talk too much about that. But, uh, but there are also challenges that we, we, we are facing when we are um, abroad or even not abroad, but in academia uh, regarding all the pressures and everything. And I think I, overcome, I, I overcame these challenges with the help of friends, family, also facing the fear with attitude, right? Because sometimes we are we have fear, we are afraid. And I think the only way sometimes to just face in that is just do something, whatever you, but just do something. And always asking for everyone for helping and loving what I do. I think this is something that holds me a lot because I had hard times as everyone have, uh, but I never lost the passion for what I do. This was always there. And praying that for me, everything uh, was kind of helpful to overcome then. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. And I think you've totally touched on a lot of issues that, you know, that are maybe not even just specific for Latin America, but like, you know, globally, there's some, some things there that I think will really resonate with some of the listeners. Um, so maybe let's talk about 
what like of your best experiences then so far what would you say has been a real career highlight for you yeah that's a very good question i have to say <laughs> it's difficult i know maybe maybe <laughs> you can do a few that's okay <laughs> yeah i think maybe i can do like two i think would yeah. help me <laughs> <laughs> that's fine <laughs> okay i think finishing my phd was a wonderful experience of relief <laughs> this was very great so after four years of great difficulties i think this was a very good relief and um, but i think the most career light that i can still have in my mind um and always make me smile a little bit when i remember about that um was the fact that i defend ended my PhD thesis on Monday and then uh, during the interval when you finish your PhD and you let the, the professors discuss about if you're approved or not, I receive an email to do an interview in the company where I work right now. And by Friday, I got the job in the company <laughs> that wow. works with what I love the most, remote sensing. So I think it's crazy this story it's really crazy sometimes i still don't believe that i was so lucky and so i think this would be like the really career highlight for me so far until now <laughs> hopefully that we have more yeah that sounds like a wonderful like few days like a week right like wonder week so. <laughs> <laughs> that's good and i'm sure you'll have more to come for sure so um so um so basically kind of to wrap it up then flavia so do you do you have any like advice for other early career scientists that you might not have already discussed so far either generally or maybe more specifically for early career scientists that may be coming from latin america or, or wanting to study further in latin america yes i i think so i think and um, maybe i can divide it in some few points uh and like uh, trying to reflect all the, the path that I went through so far, because I know that there is a long path, not only for me, but for everyone. But I think be bond and don't be afraid to talk to people. And I remember when I was working at INPI, I wasn't ashamed at all to kind of ask beginner questions to very experienced researchers. And I remember this kind of attitude kind of helped me to lose the fear of talking to these, let's say, high ranking people, you know? So just mm -hmm. ask and some of them, usually most of them are very nice to you. Also makes a lot of connections and most important, keep them I think this was very helpful for me because of these connections I kind of I made uh, some some good some good uh, work on that I was able to get to places that I never imagined so I was being I was being able to be suggested by someone you know someone who who knows this person so you kind of can go through to some past maybe with uh, less difficulties I would say um, also believe yourself and fight for your rights because um, there is no meritocracy in Brazil and I also, also in Latin America I think we are all facing this problem so take care of yourself because if you don't take care of yourself no one will do it for you so really fight for your rights because uh, not only for your rights but for the rights of the next generation that maybe they don't have to to go through so many issues or problems that the generation now and before um, was and now is facing 
And last but not least, take care of your mental health. There is nothing more important than your mental health. And I think sometimes you only understand that when you go through problems such, I don't know, anxiety, depression. Um, but before you go through these problems, you can really try to make your best and try to avoid them. And make good friends during your career because this will bring you relief in some difficult moments and also can give you the opportunity to also relieve the, the, the pressure, let's say, on your friends, right? So it's a mutual um, change, exchange. And practice your empathy, be humble, and open to learning because a title doesn't make me or you smarter than anyone else. So also, yeah, I think this would be my advices. Yeah, no, that's that's really good. And I especially like your your last point. You know, if you're if you're happy as well, then you you perform and probably do the best that you can. So it's really important mental health. And and also totally right. You know that we're all people at the end of the day. So it's you know that we are you know, we're all should be able to talk to each other um, and we should do that. So that's really cool. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, thank you, Flavia. That was such an inspiring conversation and, and I'm sure it will inspire our listeners too. So it's lovely to speak to you. Yeah, for me, it was a big pleasure, really. It's very nice to, to have the opportunity to share my story. And I really hope that this, if this, this podcast can inspire one person, I will be already very happy. And I will be very happy also if I can help anyone. And I'm always open to talk to anyone who needs. And um, I know that I, 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 I'm, of course, uh, we are always developing, but maybe I can say something that I already been passed through in my life and we can always exchange things and learn together. That's very nice. And thank you very much again for this opportunity. It's very nice for you. Yeah, thank you very much. So that concludes today's podcast. Thanks for listening. And just to say, if you want to learn more about iLeaps, please go to our website, iLeaps.org, where you'll find a link to our Early Careers website, or you can follow us on Twitter at iLeaps underscore ECSN, or our Facebook page. Thanks. <laughs>